This is the Friday, February 16, 2024 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. USDA's Outlook Forum provided a bearish view on demand and also sees U.S. farmers planting fewer corn and wheat acres. For the week, the nearby wheat contract lost 36 cents, while March corn fell 13 cents. USDA predicts more acres planted with soybeans and also weaker export demand. The March contract declined 11 cents and March meal fell $1.20 per ton. March cotton expanded by 2.11 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, March class three milk futures fell 13 cents. The livestock market was higher. April cattle added 82 cents. March feeders strengthened 388. And the April lean hog contract improved 408. In the currency markets, US dollar index increased by 24 ticks. March crude oil expanded by 241 per barrel. Comex gold shed 1160 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index lost more than four points to settle at 555.25. Joining us now, regular market analyst Jeff French. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Paul. Great to be here. Keep that smile because you have to smile through all of the wheat commentary right now. It is, as I wrote in italics here, to emphasize weakest on the block. Do you disagree? Well, it's, you know, right there, the Kansas City wheat, four-year lows. I mean, you can say that with the corn as well. But, yeah, pretty steady trend of lower lows and lower highs. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty dismal uh, trade right now. Um, one positive is we were able to hold 550. I think that's a big psychological number in there. But there's a couple factors. You had the U.S. dollar make four-month highs here this week. Uh, that's going to limit our exports uh, moving forward. And then news out of Russia, Black Sea. Uh, they're predicting potentially uh, a record wheat crop in Russia, as well as record exports. And a cheap product that they keep putting onto the market. Not only Russia, but also French Matif wheat is cheaper than our product right now, and uh, that looks to continue. So, you know, you got the funds, you have the money flow, and funds right now are pressing the short side. Uh, they are nearly record short corn and beans. Uh, they have plenty of ammunition, selling ammunition, to, to add on to this wheat. Ryan in South Dakota asked a question that I was going to ask in plus, but I'll just use it right now. He asks, every week you analysts predict that wheat has found its bottom. Do you think this week it actually has? I'd like to say it has, but I, I just don't see that catalyst to shake the funds loose. And, and that's what you're going to need. And, and it's just the wrong time of year. Right now, the wheat looks excellent. The, the winter was good. There's been moisture. I was on the road down in southern Illinois last week. The wheat looks really good. Uh, so we need to get into the actual growing season to get that trigger uh, so the funds buy back those short positions. In corn, the Ag Outlook Forum expects 91 million acres, down 3.6, but carry out still really high. That's not a good recipe for corn. Does anything to improve that formula? 2.5 billion bushel carry out is what they're predicting on 91 million acres. So uh, that's a trend line yield of 181 bushels to the acre nationally. Uh, you know, the trade actually thought the yield could have been a little higher. I mean, last year, on a very dry year, we produced 177 bushels to the acre. So, uh, you know, you can play with those numbers. Uh, you can tweak them. You can bring it down to, you know, a 180 yield. You bring down, you know, two to 300 million bushels of that carryout. But, uh, you know, a 2 billion bushel carryout is burdensome. And we've had it in the past. And, and every time we've had it, we've had the corn futures in that 375 to four and a quarter area. If you look at that deferred contract in, in December, as we put the trend line up here on the screen here in a moment, you will see that is like everything else. But is there a point that a producer has to say, 
I just better take this now before it could get worse. So we, we don't advise of selling the cash into a market like this. We, we will buy put options to, to stop the bleeding, to give you a price floor. But absolutely, I mean, you look at it at you know, 457, 456 here, uh, you know, if this thing turns into a bear market and, and many people are suggesting that, I mean, you gotta go back four years ago when the contract lows of December 24 corn were scored. And that's 395 a bushel. So if this is a true bear market, uh, that contract low has a big target on its back. Is the story different at all in soybeans? Yes, right now it's all about the Brazilian harvest. And uh, right now the beans are in that 1150, 1160, 1170 area. And, and historically in the last 20 years, beans just don't trade in the 11s very often. You know, they're there very few times and it's either from 10 up to 12 very quickly or from 12 down to 10 very quickly. So uh, with Brazil only 25% harvested right now, I think there could be potentially some more harvest pressure. Uh, now we are two and a half dollars off the highs. So, I mean, you know, for us to call a bottom, you know, maybe here at 1150, you know, possibly. Uh, but with the harvest pressure coming from Brazil, uh, lower prices certainly shouldn't surprise anybody right now. Ted Seifert sat there last week and said the concern that he has about soybeans is China not buying even from Brazil, let alone the United States. Do you have that same concern? Brazilian basis has fallen out of bed. I mean, it's, it's right now the bean basis down in Brazil is at a five-year low. And we watch those flash sales as analysts every day. You know, we follow those very closely. We haven't seen a bean flash sale for over two weeks. So yes, the, uh, uh, the big gorilla in the room has gone kind of silent here right now. And, uh, uh, they have been very quiet on the buying front. Is it going to take them getting back in, the big gorilla getting back into the market to make any change? Uh, you know, from a demand side, yes. Uh, I mean, demand domestically here in the U.S. remains very strong uh, for beans. Uh, but then we got to get into the growing season. We got to be able to get this planted. Um, you know, they're saying 87 and a half million acres. Um, you know, I, I'll... You know, I won't weigh on that quite yet, but um, we'll see come this spring because I, I could see maybe a little heavier bean, uh, excuse me, a little heavier corn acres, maybe a little lower bean acres. There was a thought about all of the, the big three that we've just talked about, the, the very slow Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whether that was ahead of USDA news. But do you get the sense that we are going to be almost the same type of minimal trading between now and the next big USDA report at the end of March? Well, unless it comes from the outside markets, but it's just been a grind lower. I mean, the, the volume is very subdued. I mean, we're running, you know, 60 to 70% of normal volume. Um, and, and it's just kind of a trickle lower. And, and my fear now here, you got uh, March corn at 415, 416. You know, why don't they want to press this thing and maybe get a three in front of this? That's what I was saying. But next week we do have March option expiration. There are a lot of puts uh, that are deep in the money. Uh, so that market, you, we could see a rally on option expiration very easily next Friday, but uh, overall the trend remains lower right now. We'll get into some of those specific questions in our Market Plus. We have a few good ones for you, but I want to start with one that came from uh, Kennedy Farms in Oklahoma. Thank you for submitting that via Facebook and X, or formerly known as Twitter, we ask each week. But this is the question for you, Jeff. Is there enough beef in the country to give the corn growers an option to walk their corn to market, or are beef prices too high to, for even that to be an option? 
Yeah, high cattle, cheap corn. I mean, it's uh, usually it's you know cheap corn, cheap cattle, uh, and it's the exact opposite. You know, uh, are they able able to walk the corn off? You know, certainly a little bit. I, I mean, uh, but we are at the lowest herds since 1957. Now the cattle these days are twice as big as the cattle back then. But uh, yeah, it will help. But no, we we uh, we have a burdensome amount of corn here that uh, we'd have a, need a lot more cattle uh, to walk the corn off the farm. Looking at that cattle chart as it does trend higher, there's always that temptation to say the high is in, or is this just a pause to go higher? Earlier this week on our MTOM podcast, we talked to Daryl Peel uh, down at Oklahoma State. He thinks this thing has a whole lot more upside to it. Do you concur? You know, if you would have talked to me earlier this week, it looked like we were kind of rolling over, and then we get into Friday and we, you know, we hit up to three and a half, four month highs. So uh, the market is very strong right now. Um, we've been here before and, and I've just had many conversations with my guys that, you know, when, whenever we get close to 270 feeders or 190 fat cattle, you know, put on some protection. Is that LRP or is that put options? Uh, selling some calls up here, uh, you know, because this market can change fast. And we've all been through the October, November time period where it just, we didn't think it would ever find the bottom. So uh, these are fantastic prices and the margins are so thin. I mean, th this is big business now with these cattle prices. Uh, so you definitely need to be put, looking for some protection here. I also asked Dr. Peel about feeders, and I said, oh, did we miss the chance to buy, uh, you know, buy at the top, you know, the, the worst thing possible? He says, no. He also sees feeder going higher because there's fewer of them. Again, do you concur? We have a cattle on feed coming next week. Any insight on where that might be headed? The feeder cattle have been led by the cash market, and the cash market has been absolutely on fire. So I don't know if these guys that are buying these cattle, high-priced calves, what they're seeing out in the future, but... They're betting on higher prices for sure on the fat cattle side. So uh, again, the market looks strong. It can change for no reason. We've seen it before. We've lived it before not too long ago. Uh, you know, these are fantastic prices and uh, a lot of risk on the table. Lately, we've not been able to end on a positive note because we always end with hogs. This week was different. Why? Absolute massive export sales. Uh, 71,000 metric tons. Uh, put it in perspective, that's 150% more than the same week last year. So, I mean, 30,000 metric tons a week is really strong. Uh, to double that up this week was big time demand. The futures have reflected that. Uh, now you look at the summer months up there, right, right below $100. If, if we can bust through that, I think this thing can run another probably $7 to $8. But if, if, you know, the first couple of days next week, if we're not able to get through that $100 mark, uh, you know, that's not a real good sign because that's four, five, six days of not being able to get through that resistance. A hundred. So we're, that's a heck of a rally coming up here. I mean, do you think that's... The, the, the summer months. Okay, so, the summer so months. Sorry. July, June, sorry, July. Sorry, I'm looking at the nearby. They're, they're 98, okay. 99 cents. Okay, sorry. I didn't have that one in, in my head as much. So uh, I guess I'll quickly ask uh, the question about the soybean issue. Has China come back in to buy any hogs to, to influence this as well? Uh, they were the number two buyer this week. Uh, Mexico continues to be the very strong number one buyer, but uh, China's there every week. Uh, they typically alternate, but uh, this week they were number two. So that's definitely good to see. In the final seconds, is there one commodity that we have talked about tonight that you have optimism for in the next month? Well, when you look at, you know, we're down here at four-year lows on corn and wheat. So I'm not going out on a too big of a limb to say that there definitely could be some upside. And, and they, they've just, you know, 
everybody's bearish out there, you know? So, I mean, it's it's leaning heavily to the one side. So we could definitely see a short cover rally. The wheat could be the most explosive, I think. All right, Jeff. Thank you very much. Jeff French, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Hold on, because we're going to keep going with Jeff in our analysis and continue our discussion in the market segment we call Market Plus. You can find both analysis and plus on our website of markettomarket.org. We are again approaching a milestone on our YouTube page, and it is because of you. Now we are asking those of you who have yet to subscribe to our feed to do so now. Head to youtube.com slash market to be the first to know when our content is ready for you. Next week, we look at those taking an experiment in cover crops to the next level. Thank you for watching. Have a great week.